0: I'm here at Project Voice in Chattanooga, Tennessee with Roger Kibbe. Roger, thanks for joining me. Thanks so much. So, I'm a senior developer evangelist for
1: Viv Labs, the division of Samsung that's behind Bixby, and we're so excited to be talking to
0: you and be at Project Voice. Yesterday, I was sitting in on one of your sessions where I actually got to win this Samsung Active 2 watch, and you guys helped me put the podcast that. We're currently recording your voice first podcast on Samsung Bixby as a capsule. Took me less than 15 minutes to make, and right now you guys have a presence here. So what would you say Samsung's trying to accomplish by being here at Project Voice this year? You know, I, th- I think it's really all about outreach and outreach to developers and companies and that who
1: are interested in expanding their voice ecosystem and joining Bixby. And I think one of the real advantages we have is um, the devices that we ship on. So we're the world's biggest smartphone manufacturer by significant margin, and Bixby is on hundreds of millions of smartphones, um, but it's also on televisions, so we're the world's biggest television manufacturer, it's on the, the watch that you won yesterday, uh, and it's on smart appliances. So I start thinking about, as we, and I like to think of it as kind of beyond the smart speaker thinking, as voice becomes ubiquitous and you walk into my home and a bunch of my appliances and my television can actually understand what I'm saying, I can just talk to my house or I walk into the office and I can just talk in my office and I can make things happen. And so I think that's this, you know, I guess the industry term for it is ambient computing where I can just say and have something done and I don't have to worry about what device is actually listening to me. Um, to my mind, that's a grand future for not only us, but the whole voice industry, where it just becomes incredibly natural
0: and easy to uh, interact with their technology by simply talking to it. And you already said this, but Samsung is, has the biggest hardware presence out of any of the big voice players. You guys have done an amazing job of integrating it with mobile phones, in the cars, in the refrigerators, in all the technology that Samsung's already doing amazing work with. How would you, would you say that for 2020, um, is there plans to integrate Bixby into everything? Some things, like it, is Bixby going to be the mouthpiece for how we interact with this technology moving forward into 2020? <laughs> so the mouthpiece. Well, yeah, I'd love to say that, but we have some
1: incredible competitors who are very good at what they do, too. Um, but yeah, so our, our plans for 2020 are really right now you can build a Bixby capsule. That's what we call equivalent of a skill or Google Action. Uh, and um, deploy it on on our smartphones. Uh, you can also build it for the watch, the television, and the smart appliance, but right now you can't actually deploy it to those. Mm-hmm. What we'll be launching in 2020 is the marketplace. When I say the marketplace, what I'm saying, the equivalent of the skill store, this is where an end user can go, enable a Bixby capsule and experience that. So that'll be launching, like I said, for the uh, for the watch, the phone and the smart appliances, and we ship a bunch more hardware. We actually ship 500 million different devices a year. Yes. Uh, And so there's a bunch more coming. But yeah, 2020 is all about expanding the number of devices and uh, seeing what new and creative things people can build on those devices. I'm super excited for things like, I get particularly excited about the TV because I think there's incredible opportunities there.
0: Tell me more about that. Why is TV for you an element that stands out in terms of Bixby integration?
1: Yeah, so I I always like to use my teen daughters as an example. So I watch the TV and it's all kind of a passive thing. I watch and listen, they do not watch the TV without their phones in their hands. Mm -hmm. So what that tells me is there's a generation who's kind of, they don't want the TV to be one-way interaction. They want something interactive. And so they bring their phones there. What happens if I could talk to the TV? So one great example that I've been thinking about is sports. So let's say we're right in the middle of NFL playoff season right now uh, and I watch some games. Let's say I watched the game uh, last weekend and they called clipping. Let's say I was new to the, I know what clipping is, but let's say I was new to the sport. I'm like, what the heck is clipping? Well, am I gonna go run to my smartphone and go look it up or a web browser and go look it up? Or can I say, hi Bixby, what's clipping? And then right on the TV, it could overlay a graphic that shows you, says, okay, that's the penalty and that's what it means there. And I see that as incredibly amazing that I'm continuing to watch and experience the sport, but I'm learning about it because there's some interactivity built into Mm -hmm. the TV. Mm -hmm. And to my mind, so sports is a really obvious one there. I know people love, you know, their favorite TV show. They love to interact. I think, you know, at some point, advertising is coming to voice. Mm So what about interactive advertising? You know, I, I'm not a big fan of ads. <laughs> Many of us aren't. But every once in a while I see an ad, I'm like, oh, that's super cool. And then I forget about it completely. Yes. Right? What yes. happens if I could say, send me more, me more information or tell me more information or interact with that ad? I think that's incredible. It's obviously incredible for advertisers. And me as a consumer, hey, you'll, if I am truly interested in what you're trying to sell me, then I get a chance to uh, interact with it, learn more, and actually remember it, because I'll forget an ad if I see...
0: Even if, It better be darn compelling for me to remember it. Yes, and I love that idea of, while you're watching someone, something to be able to interact with it. Mm-hmm. And I'm wearing this watch, and you're talking about the TV integration. Is it a voice-first interaction? Like, if I'm sitting there, and I do have that question about clipping, is it, do I just shout at my TV? Do I have to press a button on my remote, on my watch? Like... Is yeah. it a voice-first experience or is there a hardware component to trigger the Bixby Assistant? Yeah, so with Bixby, actually actually have the option of both. So you can turn on Hi Bixby, so which that's
1: the voice-first experience which enables it. Um, we also have the Bixby button, which I know some people don't like, but actually some people really like from a privacy perspective. They don't want an always-listening device. And so all of those devices, whether the watch you can click it, the TV on the remote, their fridge has a button. We have a button on our, our smartphones that lets you enable Bixby and talk directly. But you can also turn on Hi Bixby, which is the more traditional voice-first experience. So you can interact with however it suits you, and, and works well for yes. for you. To my mind, you know, Hi Bixby, what was clipping?
0: And I see that was probably be the best experience. But others may want to press the button and have that work. So we right. give you the option. Right. Like me, I have some devices that I can press a button on, like my phone. Mm -hmm. And then I also have ambient devices around my room. So sometimes I'll be talking to my office space and my phone will trigger. And I got so annoyed by that. I was like, let me turn off that voice trigger. And now I'm fine squeezing it. I'm fine with the the hardware trigger on this. Although for the majority of the devices, I want it to be that voice interaction. So I I see that customization aspect. Now, last year we were here at Project Voice and there was a big Alexa presence because it was, well, this was the Alexa conference last year. So there was only an Alexa presence. Now, from then until now, like 2019 to 2020, not only did this project emerge as Project Voice, but Samsung is now a key player as here's one of the four key players. What do you think has been changing about Bixby from last year until now that's really leveraged you guys to get up on the stage and call yourselves like right up there with the Google, the Microsofts, the Amazons, and now Samsung? Yeah, well, perfect. Well, one, um, we're pretty brand new to this
1: industry and things like that. Although Bixby, and Bixby was based uh, upon uh, acquisition of a company called Viv Labs, which is founded by Adam Shire, who also founded Siri. Um, so, a huge, long pedigree there. But we launched really for public development of Bixby, um, what, uh, about 15, 16 months ago? In two thousand and eighteen was the first time that you could download the Bixby developer studio and actually go on you know as a public availability of that and have developers there so then over the past year we 've developed that belt development ecosystem announced a bunch of new features uh, enable it on those phones and that so really if you from a public availability we 're less than a year and a half old yes and uh, you know so it 's myself and a bunch of our colleagues mm. our job really is to get out there. Get developers excited, get them to build for Bixby. Um, we just had a contest called uh, Bixby Dev Jam. Give 125k away in prizes. Hint, hint. We're gonna have a couple more of those in 2020. So uh, we'll be giving some more prizes and, and doing some different things. But yeah, I mean, I, I think it's all about getting out there, uh, getting people developing for them, and you know, kind of explaining the difference. Uh, with Bixby um, from our very good competitors and things I mentioned the devices I guess the other thing that I think when you're thinking about Bixby that's unique is it's a hundred right now it's a hundred percent multimodal mm-hmm. so a hundred percent of the devices that run Bixby right now have a screen um, versus I think our competition hmm. is more in the 10-15 percent range or yes. you know, I, I, I wouldn't pretend to guess their numbers but that's the numbers I understand. So when you think about developing for Bixby it is inherently a multimodal experience and so we have a rich UI library to build that and we actually require you uh, for part of our certification process to build a multimodal experience. So yes it should work voice first and voice only but you need to have a UI you can interact with the UI there's buttons on the UI, there's forum elements there, you almost can get a web like forum for input which allows the user to either use voice or uh, use, if they're more comfortable typing, right? Type in there, and then there's a rich UI elements for output and that. So um, that inherent multimodality is definitely something very different about
0: Bixby, and which makes us unique right now. Agreed. I feel like, especially me playing in the voice space, I have so many people that come up and they're like, I like my screen, I'm totally fine with it. So you're in this totally competing space of voice, I'm not about it. And most people feel like you either have to pick one or the other, either screen or voice. Whereas you guys adopted a totally different mentality of screens are already very popular, voice is a great way to interact with your screens, so let's keep them together. Yeah. And it's like you, you guys have created a totally different design paradigm mm-hmm. around how voice is used, and you, you're, you're saying it. It's all multimodal. This wasn't a voice first into multimodal. You guys started day one with multimodal. Absolutely. Probably taking a lot of lessons that you saw from the other players in the Absolutely. space. Absolutely. Now with the other players in the space, would you say that you see Samsung as kind of being someone that's continuing to emerge and will eventually overcome and supersede everything? or do you see it as kind of a playing together in different environments where you'll use one assistant in one space, you use a different assistant in a different space? Like, do you, do you see this race being a race to become king? or a rising tide where everyone's partnered together and working towards the same goal? You know, I I think it's definitely a rising tide area right now and things like that.
1: I I mean, I know my colleagues on the Alexa side and on the Google side, and they're amazing and smart, and they're amazing companies and things, and I love watching what they're doing, and indeed, before I joined Samsung, I did a ton of Alexa development, so I'm pretty familiar (laughs) with with what they're doing there, so I think, um, you know, it's a rising tide. Yeah, we're competitors, but right now, now. the state of the industry is on its kind of incredibly pretty friendly state where we're like, you know what, what's good for one is good for all, because we all see it emerging. You know, it's an overused analogy. I used to say we're in the first inning of a nine-inning. You know, now I'm going to say maybe we're in the second inning now, right? Um, but we're all trying to still figure it out, right? People are still experimenting with it. I think consumers are in a lot of ways just using the simplest kind of voice experiences there. Um, and part of that is they haven't gotten fully used to it. And part of it is, frankly, you know, what's been built for voice. Let's be frank right now. is kind of the simple, easy stuff that we all build at the first. Nothing wrong with the industry. It's where the industry is. But the really amazing stuff is to come, right? And when I say amazing things, I think of, I, I consider us in the, command, the area right now we kind of bark commands at our voice assistant. Yes. Go do this, go do that, go do that. Okay. But, and that's fine. And that works great. But what about something that's a more long-running interaction? So one of the best examples I like to use is kind of planning travel. Driving down the car, I'm starting to think where I'm going to go vacation. I ask my voice assistant in the car, hey, you know, I'm thinking about going to the Caribbean, tell me about some of the islands. And I go there and I get some information. And then I, you know, I kind of, it stores that maybe later on. Uh, I come home and I talk to my family And we invoke our voice assistant on our TV. And now we maybe see some pictures of the islands and start doing that. And so, and maybe that goes on for a while. And then a couple days later, we actually book it. So that's kind of a long running conversation with that voice assistant is just being that smart assistant there, helping you along the way, um, doing it in a way, one of the things that excites me, I mentioned my whole family, voice is inherently social, right? Yes, it is. Phone one-on-one computer one-on-one voice can be very social but those long-running and you know that melds into those long-running conversations you know I think if you look at our if the vision of our founder Adam Shire and he's been working in voice for 25 plus years right way back to the SRA days and what he really talks about is an assistant with a capital A and what he's talking about is imagine a human assistant yeah and you said hey I need to go travel to New York next week and he would be like okay I know you like to fly United you like to stay in a Marriott? Listen, boom. You know what? Here you go. Here's a couple flight options. Which one yeah. you want? And uh, you know what? The Marriott you usually stay at is full, so here's another option. Or and and then just books it all for you. That's a pretty complicated thing. Oh, and you know what? There's a Broadway show, and I know you love that Broadway show. And you know what? Right now they're on sale. You want me to book that for you? Okay. A human assistant could do all that stuff for you. Right. Right. And it's incredibly efficient and fast. His vision is to bring assistants and AI assistants to that level where they can take those kind of complicated, multi-step kind of booking this, the hotel and the flight and a Broadway show and dinner reservations and whatever the heck else you want to do, uh, all into a simple conversation. I always go back to how often have you tried to do something with technology, and you could explain it to someone next to you in like a sentence or two, Mm -hmm. right? And you spend like half an hour like clicking, typing, swiping, that a way to get that. Okay, that's friction. Yes, it is. So that's friction. If our technology can understand our voice and understand what we want, and understand us through deep personalization and deep learning and deep AI, then it can get as smart as, uh, uh, so you just say, hey, this is what I want to go do and blah, 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 blah. And in 30 seconds, I could do something that otherwise might
0: take me an hour on kind
1: of traditional technology.
0: I love this things. vision of having a smooth, frictionless experience for the consumer where they have that capital A assistant. Right. What do you think the barriers are that you guys are currently attacking that's going to allow you to get there? Like, what are the pitfalls? What are the challenges? I don't want to call it pitfalls. or what, what are you guys working on right now that's getting closer towards that true understanding, towards getting us away from that barking commands back and forth, and towards that understanding assistant who really knows you and has that context?
1: Yeah, so I think there's a couple things going on. Um, one, because we all bark commands, we build, us and, and companies building voice experiences are building Uh, Voice experiences were barking commands, right? Yeah. And so they understand how to do one thing. Um, I think they need to understand how to do multiple things. I also think the industry, Mm -hmm. and there's been some progress along here, and we're definitely working on this too, is in our example, one capsule needs to talk to another capsule. Mm -hmm. And you needed to do a coordinated effort, right? I, (laughs) I shouldn't have to sit there and remember I have to talk to five different capsules to get something done. That's unnatural. I just want to get something done. And so that intercapsule communication and coordination uh, definitely needs to happen and companies need to design and build for that. And think about, you know what, the very best experience is when I cooperate with my partners or even sometimes somebody who might be a slight competitor. Hey, you know what, if that results in the booking for me, and my competition gets a little business, maybe that, that's better than neither of us getting business. Agreed. Right there. Agreed. So I think that's, that's one challenge. Um, I also think, um, you know, despite the amazing advancements in AI, it's still... It still doesn't understand us really well. Yes. Right? And it really understands our preferences and that and understand what what we want to do and being contextually aware and that. I think there's got to be advancements there. And we got to figure out the privacy issue, too. You know, I said hyper-personalization. That's amazing. That's an amazing opportunity for technology to handle. But we also got to balance that with consumers' need for personalization. Mm-hmm. And I you know, I don't know how that's all going to work. I think there's some maturity in people kind of understanding the trade-offs for personalization and and privacy there. And I think there's some advancements technology-wise. But that's all got to fit together. So, you know, it's cooperation among companies, better AI, figuring out personalization and privacy and the balance there. To my mind, those are probably
0: some of the three pillars that will kind of bring us forward. So for people that are listening to this who are at the conference or people who aren't, who are just listening, and they want to continue to follow either your personal story, Roger, or the Samsung Bixby development, how would you recommend that they follow along with what your Bixby team's doing? How can they follow the story? How can they engage with you guys? What would you recommend?
1: Yeah, so first, uh, I'll just say personally, um, I'm pretty active on Twitter, so at Roger Kibby. Uh, would be the way and let's continue the conversation and follow each other um, at general across Bixby and Bixby Development at Bixby Developers uh, newly launched Twitter presence there you can also go to www.bixbydevelopers.com that's where you download our ID that's where all our documentation is and uh, I, I just say uh, you know if you're a developer go get started and download the ID and do that. And if you're a designer, we have this new feature called Templates. I think you used that for your I did. podcast yesterday. And literally, I know it sounds like a cliche to say you can do something in 15 minutes, but you really
0: can. Easy.
1: Yeah, and so the, I, I like the idea of thinking about designers uh, Being able to build voice experiences and and using those templates. So, I think across those uh, go. And uh, yeah, let's keep the conversation going. And uh, I'd love to see what everyone builds uh, for Bixby and and beyond because we're in such an
0: exciting, dynamic industry right now. I'm very excited to see what Bixby does in 2020. Roger, thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks so much.